0: This is the Inquisitive Minds Podcast.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Johnny Smith. Uh, With me today, my guest is a self-proclaimed, her words, not mine, weirdo, uh, Nicole Purvis. Welcome back to the program. How are you today?
0: I'm good. Thank you very much.
1: So we got some some fun stuff to talk about, uh, some real uh, paranormal esque conversations today, folks. So I, I hope you enjoy that, Nicole. Uh, you mentioned some things we we've, we've discussed uh, offline. Let's just jump right into it. Where when was your first paranormal experience?
0: Um, I want to say when I was little, um, probably five or six. We lived in this really big weird house and we had this basement that was unfinished and so to this day I, I hate basements basements because bad shit happens in basements I guess and I've rarely ever been in one that hasn't given me like a creepy feeling um so this basically like I hated going down there like I said and I would just see things like out of the corner of my eye um just weird creepy feelings like sometimes like I didn't something that happened on one of my ships and it wasn't so much. I saw something. It was just like in my head, I heard like screaming, get out, get out now. So okay. just weird things like that. Like the one on the ship, it was really ominous, ominous. It was like somebody was right there and it was like, uh, get out. Before, like if you don't leave something bad's going to happen. So, and then
1: did, did you evacuate? Did you get out?
0: Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to stick around like I would be one of those people like in like a scary movies and there's a place I'm like, Nope, fuck you. I'm not going. <laughs> well, where, <laughs> yeah.
1: where did you, uh, where did you grow up?
0: I grew up in Wyoming. So okay. the first place I lived in um, is Riverton and there's only one Indian reserve, Native American reservation in the state of Wyoming. And it's there. It's in wind river. And that's where the Shoshone and the Arapaho tribes are. Like, they're, they're not even, like, they're warring tribes, and the government just put them there. Like, oh, they're going to be temporary. It's claimed to fame is that's where Sacagawea went after she, uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition. Okay. So, so a lot of stuff happened there just because, you know, I think because of the land and everything that happened, I really believe that sort of thing that, you know, land can hold memories. So, uh, and I'm not the only one, like uh, my, my real dad, he had some experiences. My mom, like my sister and I, we call it our witchy into like our witch senses because just weird, like weird things happen all the time. So.
1: Okay. So, so growing up there, there was all that uh, land with a history of death and war and suffering and and things like that. And you started sensing stuff. Uh, you mentioned at one point you, you lived in New Orleans.
0: I did. Um, or
1: um, I don't know how the, if I'm supposed to pronounce it like that or Nolans or whatever. Nolans I'm supposed or to.
0: Nala, yeah. Um, I did. It was after, it was the last du- station I was stationed at while I was active duty. Um, so, uh, again,
1: I, uh, thank you for your service.
0: Oh, thank you. But before that, there's this one incident when I was ten. Um, my real dad worked in the oil he worked in the oil fields and then he worked as a logger and he was gone. So my mom and I would stay up really late and we'd watch like the old Nick at night T V land or like the Dick Van Dyke show and stuff like that. And we were we were talking about how even when our dad was gone, like there was this he had like, you know, the certain like way he would step, you know what I mean? Like the quick okay. steps and the pressure and there was creeps. We would hear that sometimes. And then one night, her and I, it, we, it sounded like somebody was on the roof. There was snow. It always snows there. Our dog was, like, really uneasy. And so her and I, like, I, I think we ended up just going to bed. And the next day, like, there was fresh snow. And the whole way around the house, there was these footsteps. But they didn't go any of these footprints. They didn't go anywhere else. Like, they didn't walk away. They were just all the way around us. Our house.
1: Hmm. that's yeah. that's very creepy.
0: Now, let me yeah. ask you. Growing <laughs> up
1: in in Wyoming, I'm I'm curious about it because I've never been there, and you're the really I think the only person I've ever spoken to who's been there. Um, small town.
0: Very small town. Yeah. Um, the first Riverton, it was kind of big because of the oil boom, but there's no more oil there, so a lot of people left. It's kind of like with Casper. I mean, Casper still has a large population, and then Cody, which is 50 miles outside of Yellowstone, there's about 7,000, 8,000 people. Oh, so, so that, size... that's still
1: a fairly small place.
0: Yeah, like, about the size of a, an aircraft carrier, population-wise.
1: Okay, forgive my ignorance here. Uh, when I think of Wyoming, I think of, like, the backdrop for the Wile e. Coyote cartoons
0: there are parts of it like that there um if you were to just take the interstate that would take you like you know to drive through wyoming you you miss all of the pretty parts it's just you think it's flat and ugly and there's nothing there because from casper to cody there's a stretch of even from or from cheyenne there's a stretch of highway where you can go for six seven hours there's not a town there's not a rest stop there's not a house there's nothing like Every now and
1: then, bodies. you'll just you'll just see a random single cowboy leaning against a cactus, <laughs> smoking a Marlboro. Yeah.
0: Possibly, um, people still have CDs because you don't get cell reception in a lot of areas. So my ex and I, we went from New Orleans to Seattle, and he left ahead of my daughter and I to check in. And I tried to tell him, I'm like, look, I don't care how much gas you have in your tank. You fill up top off before you drive through Wyoming, especially that time of year, because the wind Cheyenne's actually the windy city. Um, They'll close down the highway because Oh, you hear that,
1: Chicago. You don't want no goddamn smoke, Chicago.
0: Well, Chicago was called that because there was either the Democratic or the Republican uh, convention there. So the joke was that um, politicians have like their windbags. Um, I want to I want to be
1: clear because I'm I've been coming through <laughs> Chicago quite a few times recently, and uh, I love Chicago. <laughs> I'm I'm pulling for you in this race. <laughs> so,
0: so you can they'll close down the stretch of highway between like Cheyenne and Laramie, and it's only like maybe a 35 minute drive normally. So, and it was winter time, which they're known for. They'll they'll close it down. Um, if they, if the winds are too bad and the snow is too bad. And I tried to tell him, I'm like, look, I, even if you do come across a town that is open, that you know, or that you have um, what's it called? Gas stations. They're going to close at 9:30 at night. They're not going to be open. And he didn't believe me. And sure as shit, he ran out of gas. And I'm like, I told you, I told you, I oh, only wow. lived there for my entire life. So you know, what? Then- another,
1: another question about Wyoming, uh, since there's, stretches without a lot of towns are are there small towns that like uh only the locals go this is me reaching for like a movie scene but like creepy oh, yeah. little towns like that there
0: there 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 are there's like there used to be this place it was called bill wyoming population one bill um oh that's there's, great <laughs> yeah, there's little towns like there's metisi and like that's and like a little town you drive through before you get to cody they actually have a brothel Um, there's not a lot of people that live in, I don't even remember how many people live there. Um, We almost moved to Roberts, Montana, and their population was like, I want to say, maybe 500. So
1: Got a a weird brothel story. I want to get out there real (laughs) quick. Uh, In 2010, I had went to Vegas and decided to go out and drive to a brothel. And I didn't know where they were or anything, so I was driving, and I found one that was attached to a gas station like their version of a sheets like it was nice yeah but the brothel had like chain link fence around it but me being me being a young idiot i rung the bell and they said uh wait outside it's going to be a few minutes so i figured you know maybe they doing business whatever you know i don't know what the process is (laughs) screening security maybe they are something's going on yeah so so then they buzzed back they said okay the girl's ready and I thought to myself, I don't seen four or five guys come out of here. The girl is re- there's yeah. no options like that. Was the whole point? It was less about sex than it was about options. I was like, I got the hell out of there. I didn't even yeah. go in.
0: I I don't blame you. We had drive through liquor stores in my, my hometown. Like I even mentioned that, like in my one um, the one uh, stand up I did, I mentioned that because um, there's not very many stoplights and there's like four drive through liquor stores. Like you can drive through, get a shot for you and like a lollipop for the kids, something for everybody. Oh, wow. That's,
1: that's great. <laughs> yeah. Give me three yeah. shots to go. I got a, yeah. I got a long drive home.
0: Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. I got to make it to Billings, Montana. Like that's the closest big city to my oh, hometown. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> so like when I enlisted in the Navy, I had to go to Denver. And they flew me to Denver because um, it's like a 12-14 hour drive. So, and that was really interesting because when I was there, they ha- they were having the Timothy McVeigh trial because they moved me to Denver, and so the courthouse was right across the street from the federal building where you would go to sign, like, to swear in and and everything. So it was pretty crazy.
1: You know, I get riled up about the Timothy McVeigh thing. And yeah, because he did it because of Waco, and yeah, then Waco the should have never happened. Yep, yeah, you know, and but it's like he's such an idiot. If he would have put a license plate on that car, he wouldn't have been caught. Oh, yeah,
0: like,
1: but he attacked uh, essentially a daycare, like, yes, yep. what the fuck, like, and then he was heralded by all. Oh, I, I don't want to get started on that. I'm, oh, let's, yeah. let's, take it, let's take it back to <laughs> New Orleans uh, for a minute. Okay.
0: So, um, that... h- go ahead. That wasn't like the like that wasn't the first place. Like I had it, I had stuff with like the sh- all three of the ships I was on. Weird shit happened, but New Orleans, I think, just because of the voodoo and the hoooodoo well, well, shit. One
1: one second, then the sh- three ships you were on. Weird shit. Um, I'll get I, I'll get into specifics, but I want to know off top any like apparitions. Oh yeah. Really? Tell me about yeah. those, please. So
0: the um the. The first ship I was on, there was, like, I, I think we talked about a couple of them when I did the um, USS Cole um, podcast with you. But she was pretty old. She was built in like 1963. She dropped Marines off in Vietnam. When the USS Stark was attacked, she was the first ship on scene and she actually carried bodies back um, in the freeze, in the reefers and stuff like that. So, like I mentioned, that one, I was t- talking about that space with the whole, the get out thing. So they'd made these, um, oh gosh, what did they do? Like they had converted these, what used to be old, like uh, water tanks, and they made it into an area where we could have these huge diesel generators. Because the ship was an admiral ship, if the rest of the ship lost power, they would still be able to set, like to receive communications.
1: What does it mean that it's an admiral ship?
0: So it was the admiral it was his command ship. So basically this, that mission, they're the it's the command ship for a battle group. So like any orders about what the rest of the ships are supposed to do, or where we're supposed to go, the Admiral's going to have them. And okay. then we will relay them to everybody else. So um, our mission was we would go into places that, uh, because he's also a NATO commander, the Sixth Fleet Admiral, that weren't a member of NATO and try to schmooze them into joining NATO. So like we did, we went to Russia, Bulgaria, Romania, Ukraine, Georgia, um, trying to get them to join uh, NATO after the, the fall of the the wall and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this week, for you
1: for you kids out there, she's talking about the Berlin Wall.
0: <laughs> I forget that not everybody is as old as I am sometimes.
1: You're like the wall, um, what?
0: <laughs> the border that's <laughs> so the, what they discovered when they were making those spaces is that uh there was one of these um armor armories where um an officer or somebody had fallen down and they died and they didn't like they thought he had gone overboard um and when they found his body it was too late so oh. and there's just a lot of other weird things because the ship's that old obviously so I mean, then it's in
1: the service. People die.
0: Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. So because of the generators, there were ACs in there. And so part of my watch watches, I'd have to go in and take readings to make sure the specs, everything was running. Okay. So the first night, something weird happened. I was standing the 20 to 24 watch. So the eight, the 8 PM to midnight watch. And I'm down there and I'm just doing my thing. And I just, all the hair on the back of my neck raises, like the arm, my arm hairs. And I just get this weird feeling like I'm being watched. Like I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, mm, it could be one of the guys down there doing something off in the little room. I mean, so I d- d- hurried up, got out of there. The next night, I was standing what we would call the balls to watch, So that's midnight to 4 a.m., And that's when I'm down there, and just as soon as I walked in there, like, it was just this weird feeling. And again, like, I I saw this, something black, like, going in between the reefers. And I was, not the reefers, the ACs. And I was at the first one, and that's when that voice was like, get out, get out now. And I just ran out of there, like, super fast. I can only imagine, like, I was white, like, paler than I already am. And I run into this big, um what we called an EN1. He was an engine man and we called him Master P. His last name was Pequeen, but we called him Master P. He was like, "Whoa, Perv, because everybody called me Perv. He's like, what's going on? And I I, I just, the look on my face is like, you too. He's like, nobody goes in, likes to go in there. It doesn't matter what time of day, even the guys like that was his space. None of them wanted to be in there.
1: Wow. That's, that's interesting.
0: And then the second ship was a destroyer and, Three people had hung themselves on the ship, two of them in the same spot. Oh, no. So there was this one pump room. You had to go all the first deck or floor all the way down to like the eighth deck. And we had to, there's just equipment in there. We had to check. We had some pumps that we'd have to work on every now and then. And so we, every, before I got there, everybody called him Ed. That's just what they called this guy. And so you'd go down there and you couldn't really goof off because it always sounded like someone was going up and down the ladder and then like somebody okay. would jump on somebody would jump on the deck plates and you'd hear shit like someone talking or somebody whistling. I guess a couple of the guys would go down there to beat like would want to that's the one space they could beat off in if they were down there alone because Ed didn't like it. So there was this Oh picture.
1: wow. Okay. <laughs> well that's something.
0: So there is this Polaroid, like we were just taking pictures of things and we called it proof that it exists. And so right next to where the hose, the fire hose was, you could see the and not a, like a, somebody hanging there. Like it was the clear picture of oh. somebody hanging. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. That's very strange.
0: And so in some of the other spaces, like we would like after dark, like weird shit would happen because we do what they call dark And in the mornings, like you're supposed to turn all the lights on. Sometimes they wouldn't turn on. You'd be in an area like checking something and there's just like somebody breathing over your neck. Um, Mm. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, oh man, that's very strange. You you know, I'm surprised more, uh, more service members don't talk about that stuff.
0: It was the first ship I was on. We, I, my roommate and I had a party at our um, at our apartment and I think it was a combination of the mountain berry fuck you up jungle juice <laughs> and, re- and so we were all sitting there one night and somehow it came up we started talking about the spaces that none of us liked going in and we realized it was all of the same spaces and we mm-hmm. were having some of the same incidents so it's kind of like that and then you probably because you know maybe you just there's a weird shit that happens in the military anyway. Like sometimes we don't always talk about shit with people that haven't been in the military just because of the lingo and stuff like that. You know what?
1: An episode I just recorded yesterday with a man named John Venture, who was a uh, move on multi-state director for 10 years. um, Really into things. His cousin, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, was a two-star general and his other cousin worked in like the space program and they would like tell him shit without telling him shit.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So Nicole, we, spill
1: the beans. What's going on deep in the Navy?
0: <laughs> well, I've been out for a while, so, um, but yeah, just a lot of there's a lot of shit. Like I said, that I gotta just to applaud to you.
1: In. I gotta applaud you for skirting that question so smoothly. <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked it before. I would be remiss if I didn't pry a little more, I spoke with a former Marine who was telling me about some black ops helicopter type thing he saw, but it was essentially in the shape of a ball, but they had uh, removed all cell phones and whatnot from ship. Anything like that ever happened to you?
0: Not like that, that I'm aware of just because I was, um, I was what they called a pit snipe. So I didn't really get topside side off. And I mean, I, I was um, a part of the flight that, what they call the flight deck fire party um i'd wear what they call the potato suit i was one of the ones that would go in and help pull people out if there were crashes on the on the healer deck with those operations um a lot of them were at night i mean not at mm. night were like during the day and the ones at night like i really wouldn't get to go like outside very often um i know people that did see stuff like oh. that and i'm pretty sure because the only other place that at night that there's, you can see like everything in the sky was Wyoming. Like I did see some weird shit in Wyoming. Um But I mean, what is that? The, the encounters of the second kind of where it was filmed at Devil, devil's tower, I think. Okay. Close encounters. And um, so, um but I never saw anything. Like, like I said, just because I didn't get up top side a whole lot. I was usually okay. down in the bowels of the ship. So. That's
1: where in Wyoming, did you happen to see any UFOs?
0: Uh, I believe so. Yeah.
1: Or, or as the as the newer kids are calling it, uh, UAFs, unidentified aerial phenomena Oh, P. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't
0: I, know. P is for I guess phenomenal. I like don't know. I, I've never. There
1: are gonna liked, be UFOs till I die.
0: Oh, exactly. I've never liked the whole like anything aliens. Like I don't watch unsolved mysteries. Scared the shit out of me as a kid. Oh, if there was no
1: Unsolved Mysteries, there would be no, uh, no inquisitive I mean, minds.
0: That's very true. Robert Stack, I mean, oh, just, he did a good job. Yeah, but
1: UAP. I don't know why I said UAF, because I'm a phonetic idiot, I guess.
0: You wouldn't be the only one.
1: Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon.
0: So, Okay, I'm I, sorry. It's okay. So, I don't like watching anything with aliens. I mean, Paul, I watched Paul men in black, but that's a little different. Even then.
1: Robert Stack is lucky he died before I was of age because I would have married that man. How about that? <laughs> Just to hear him talk every day. Just like narrate breakfast in that voice, dude. Yeah,
0: My my youngest brother still has the number for unsolved for, for the like the hotline number memorized. It's hilarious.
1: I remember they were in Burbank, California. <laughs> He's
0: so I would arrange my bedroom, at least the way I thought it would be, so that aliens couldn't find me, but robbers could, because I would rather like, risk being kidnapped or attacked by a robber than attacked by an alien. So.
1: I mean, I can understand your logic there, but that's a, that's a hell of a thought process when you have to think, well, what's worse?
0: Okay. I was like 10, and my one brother was like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, hey, I'll be safe. You won't.
1: Another thing my guest yesterday brought up, um obviously these are released a week apart, but uh John Venture mentioned he believes that aliens uh could possibly be just demonic entities in disguise. Any thoughts on that?
0: I could see that. Yeah. It's I not mean, like
1: it's... it's not like that far outlandish.
0: No, uh uh-uh. uh. Um, one of like the worst experiences I've ever had, and it's not just me, is um, the house that my well, my mom doesn't live there anymore, but the house she shared with my stepfather. Like, okay. great like I'm getting like goosebumps. In and where my where is
1: this? Is it in Wyoming?
0: No, that's in um, Evan City.
1: Evan City, PA. PA?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So, Before we. Before we jump to that, I'm sorry. I keep it's trying to get back Orleans. to New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about, so, first off, that row of, of psychics you oh, mentioned. Yeah.
0: So, first off, New Orleans is just different anyway. I think just because of how they have their graves. Like, they're, you know, they're not underground because mm. it's so, it's beneath sea level. And then the voodoo and the hoodoo there. It, I mean, there's just an there's a the presence when you go to New Orleans that can Nicole. be kind of. Oppressive. <laughs> Nicole. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we're all familiar with the voodoo.
0: Okay, so. Maybe
1: I'm alone, but I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what hoodoo is.
0: Hoodoo is basically what the, the, the new, the, the Cajuns, it's like their version of voodoo. Like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay, so like I was saying before we started, the, um, St. Louis Cathedral, the one side of it, as you're walking to get to Bourbon Street, And all the other places where people go to party, it's really weird because that's where all like the fortune tellers and psychics and, and like palm readers will sit. So the first time I went down there, like I was just walking past and the one person, she was like, I can just feel the stress radiating off of you. You need to, you know, you need to divert that. And then the next one, like they just came up to me and they took my palm, my hand, and they're like, you know you're very open and you're very strong. She's like, you could be doing this. Why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, I was raised pretty Christian. So even the, the experiences that I had, (laughs) I like that
1: expression.
0: So because, you know, when you grow up in the church, like, Oh, that's demonic and you're of the devil. But I'm like, but then why is all this shit happening?
1: I grew up pretty Christian.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so just stuff like, you know, so that would happen. And then, um, my ex, like I was, especially when I was pregnant, he worked nights, I worked days, but there were times where like, if I wanted something, I forgot it. I would just say out loud or think, and I'd be like, Hey babe, pick this up for me. And I wouldn't use the phone and he would come home and he's like, Oh, Hey, here. He's like, I thought you'd want these and he would have what I wanted.
1: Um, While I you were keep- down there, did you ever explore any of the, uh, the voodoo scene or the hoodoo scene?
0: Um... Inadvertently, did you ever, the movie The Skeleton Key, there, like, it was weird because some of the, place, I actually lived in Algiers, which is on the west bank of the river, because the base there, there was the east bank and the west bank, and the east bank was in the ninth ward, which is a, a very dangerous area, um, but they showed this little place in the movie, and it's like it was one of those places, like it was like the, the voodoo stuff was like in the back, like it was like a little sh- cowboy shop or something. So okay. they showed these places that, you know, because like I said, like I did Honor Guard, and I hated, I hated go like when we were in the big um cemeteries especially the one where oh who is the big voodoo person down there like where's marie lebeau or whatever where she's supposed to be um just really really weird shit like there was this the one of the scariest things that happened is i had this weird dream um that i was back on a ship and there was this old like old black man like looked like he was 18 like He just looked way, way old. Like he shouldn't have been a part of this time. And he was trying to take me somewhere where I knew I shouldn't go. Like there was, it was just really like, we were trying to get off the ship. It was kind of like it had been attacked and he was just very adamant. And the look in his eyes, it was just, I I woke up scared to death. So a couple days later, I'm driving. I just picked up my daughter from daycare and I just look up and there's this vehicle and that man from my dream is in that car and he's just staring at me just and he like turned to like like it was the like i like again it was just
1: did you ever see him again after that
0: and we left not long after that like a week later uh might we transferred okay i'm I'm very Um, curious
1: about the scene down there because i would love to explore some of the the paranormal side of new orleans
0: they actually do tours there's tours you can
1: <clears throat> I, I but, want the I want the so, good stuff in the back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, um,
1: we're killing chickens. We're sacrificing here. I got the bone of a lizard. Come on, let's get it. What are we doing?
0: Exactly. You got um, a love
1: potion. What What do we got? What is this for? Money? <laughs> I don't know. How many turtles yeah. do you need?
0: <laughs> it's okay, sweetie. Um, so there, and then too like um, the one house we lived in. Um, but after my daughter was born, like I said, my ex worked nights, I work days and I could hear her fussing on the baby monitor. And before I could go upstairs, I heard a voice say, it's okay, sweetie. Mm. And she went back to sleep. So here's the thing. I knew it was my grandfather.
1: You know, oh, but now just, let me yeah. guess your grandfather was not
0: alive. No, he died when my mom was 16. So here's his. Mom, Eric, my daughter once had an imaginary friend named Bobbert. Bobbert? <laughs> Bobbert. So my grandfather, that was his, his mom's pet name for him. And so, and he would call her Mimi. And whenever I was like, when her dad was deployed and I was having a bad day, she would call me Mimi. Mm. And there's a lot of things with her. So I, I don't know what her autism, like just how open she is. Because there's been a lot of weird stuff that has happened with her as well. Um, so, yeah. So there was that. And then I was engaged to a man that passed away. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. He was really young. It was the month before his 23rd birthday. So there's, I, like, he's come to me in dreams. Like He warned me about my ex. Like, may, I shouldn't marry him. It wasn't going to turn out the way it should. He, my daughter has seen him and has spoken to him. Um, just yeah so my ex would tell me that not every place we lived in was haunted but I'm like so it had to have been combination well before her it was me okay
1: that's that's fair real quick uh, I want to pay some bills it's uh this episode is sponsored by uh, Tenacious Detail your mobile detailing solution for Pittsburgh and the surrounding area Um, hit us up today at 724- 498-9942 to schedule an appointment or check out the services page on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash tenacious detail pgh right now offering 20% off any service to rideshare drivers and uh, any active or former active military and uh, be sure to check out my other podcast with co-host daniel brady murderous states of mind Uh, Right now, we're doing our Son of Sam episodes. We're doing a four-part series on Son of Sam, so make sure you check that out, folks. So, Nicole, uh, when you left New Orleans, you came to Pennsylvania?
0: No, we went to Seattle.
1: Okay, that's right. You mentioned that. I'm sorry.
0: And so, again, that was one of those things where my ex was like, not every place is haunted. So he was deployed, and I had bought this. This puzzle for my daughter and it was one of those puzzles that was an animal puzzle and when you put the pieces in it it, it, the piece would make the that the animal you know sound so because it was super annoying I would have the pieces in one bin and the puzzles in another and this one puzzle the the sheep would always go off and it was at weird times and so I'd be like I, I know you're here can you please knock it off? And it was just random,
1: like, bawling?
0: Yeah. Or sometimes when I'd be like, could you just stop it? It would go off even more. Like, it was terrible. Like, it didn't, it wasn't a good feeling. Like, I couldn't wait to get that out of my house. Like, whoever got, I don't know if whoever gotten rid of it before, they experienced it because it wasn't any of the other animals. It was just that one. And like I said, there was nothing on top of it. The piece, the puzzle pieces were in a separate thing. Um when did, you got
1: rid of it, did did stuff continue or did it go with that?
0: The stuff continued, but it wasn't like as as bad as that was. Like that was stuff that that was stuff that was affecting my daughter as so well. So could
1: could that have been something that was uh, had something attached to it?
0: I really believe so. Yeah. Uh, do you think I'm infected? No, you're not infected. You're okay. Thank Keep you. painting. <laughs> Sorry, my <Yeah>. daughter.
1: <laughs> did you uh, just throw it in the trash or did you destroy it?
0: Um, I I threw it in the trash. Okay. Yeah. As long
1: as, as long as it didn't come back.
0: Oh. oh okay. Okay. Turn around and paint. <laughs> um. <laughs> sorry, my daughter's here. Um, no, you're good.
1: Uh, we're we're all family. <laughs> we're family friendly okay. here. <laughs> so,
0: um, but like I said, there was other weird things, and like that was when I was like actually had to face like PTSD that I had. So I was not in a like a, a, a more emotional state anyway. Like I, there were times where I'd barricade my daughter and I in a room and I'd have a knife under my pillow, type of shit. Um, so it was yeah, it was just other weird things like that. Nothing was as ominous as that. It was like my daughter would come up to me sometimes and she'd give me something and she'd be like, "Here you go, Purvis." I'm like, and she didn't know. Like she never knew me as Purvis. So like my last name was yeah. Stevenson. And she'd be like, oh, well, Jason said you needed this. So,
1: hmm. uh, that's, yeah. That's kind of creepy.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, from there, we moved to Fort Meade, Maryland. And, again, she was at this um, preschool. And she wasn't really verbal at the time. Like, whenever she would say things that was like, oh, you know, it was a gr- big thing. Okay. So the preschool was a, t- was a church. And across the street, was the, it was right alongside the cemetery, so I come to pick her up one day and one of the teachers was like, Hey, Nicole, does she have um, a grandmother named Mary? I was like, yeah. And she's like, did she pass on? I'm like, no, we went and saw her this weekend. And she was telling me, she's like, well, she has this, she talked to somebody named Mary and whenever the other kids come up to her, she's like, could you go, could you leave me alone? Because she, she's going to leave if you stay here.
1: Oh. Who, do you yeah. have any idea who that was?
0: I have no idea. Huh? I, yeah, I mean kid
1: no, I will say kids can be imaginative.
0: Uh, they can be there, It was just, I don't know, it was it, it was it was different. And then the stuff that would happen in Japan just uh, and when we came back uh, involving my daughter, there was just a lot. Well, what happened in Japan? <laughs> oh, first off, Japan is probably one of the most haunted places in the world. There, the suicide forest is there. Um, mm-hmm. And then just the things that happened. I think I talked about um, there, there was a time loop that happened um, when, one time when we were camping. So let's,
1: we, let's go over that again if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, not a problem. So we would go camping. We camped one time at Mount Fuji. Um, but it can get kind of expensive. You know, they charge you. It's, it's just crazy. They charge you to park there. They charge you to, to have for the firewood, everything. So we would go. There was a satellite base <clears throat> with housing for the sailors that were stationed at Yokosuka. That's where the, ship, the ships were um, in that area. And so ICAGO K- had actually been a basically a concentration camp during World War II. And there were all these tunnels that had been dug by the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, Camp Ground 5 was the most haunted. So we were at Cabin 3 one night. And the bathroom was, like, super far away. So I'm country. I would just go outside and go behind the cabin to go to the bathroom, especially late at night. Because it was just, I didn't want to have to walk all that way by myself at night. So That's fair. I got up to go to the bathroom and it had rained a couple of days and you know that's one of the reasons we had a cabin and so I go outside and there's this puddle by where the like the drive area the driveway area is and there's these two little girls standing on the other side and they've got like short hair and they're naked and they're holding their hands like this and I go to see if they're okay and they went like this and <clears> all the- this man comes with he had a knife he comes running out of the woods so I get run into the the cabin I think I've locked the door um because there's a front room and I, um, as I'm getting into the second room where the beds are where my ex and daughter are sleeping he's coming in that front room and so I think I'd like I'm trying to close the, 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 man,
1: the man the is man is coming in
0: yeah okay so I'm trying to lock the, lock the door, I guess, I don't know, for some reason it didn't really latch, and I'm trying to get my ex to wake up, and he won't, and I wake up, and I'm so mad at him Ooh. as I wake up. So I wake up, I have to go to the bathroom, I go outside, and it's the same thing, and all night long, it was just this whole, I go outside to go to the bathroom, I see the girls, the guy comes in, I wake up as he's coming in the room the whole night. And it was so real, like I, oh my. I, I, yeah, I really like I felt I. It felt like I didn't rest. What like the next morning, and it it was like I couldn't like I was surprised that we were okay because it had just happened the whole now, night.
1: Did you try and wake your ex up again at all?
0: Yeah, every time. Every I time. Would try to wake him, yeah.
1: Now let me ask you this: When you would wake up angry at him, did you try and wake him then too?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, that I, is creepy.
0: That, yeah. <laughs> So the whole night, this weird stuff like that would happen. And then, um, I So that.
1: That's a hell of a nightmare. Oh my God, that's gotta be miserable.
0: It it was, I was just, and I was, I was like just drained that whole next day. And when I would try to explain like what he's like, oh, you've probably just been watching too many, too much shit. And I'm like, no, I don't watch, I, I don't really, I don't like to watch scary movies mostly because I don't know if it's because, just because of the shit but, you know, I see already because I'm an empath, too. Um, and if I do watch anything scary, I watch it at high noon because nothing bad happens <laughs> at noon. Like my brother's like, oh, really? And I'm like uh, ghost hunters don't go to haunted places until like two in the morning. And I've never heard of a demonic possession happening at noon. So,
1: yeah, man, you can't, <laughs> you can't be screaming at the ghost at the top of your lungs at uh, high noon. You got to wait till 2 a.m.
0: Exactly. You got to.
1: You go in there, ghost hunters. You scream at the ghost. You scream at the ghost. You taunt it, and then you hear something. And you're like, "We got to get the fuck out of here." We got
0: to leave. <laughs> but there's so kind of like the.
1: I'm sorry. My favorite part. I've seen a couple episodes where uh I think it's Zach. He's like, "Oh, I'm getting so angry. I'm filled with rage. Oh, like something's yeah. angering me. Like that to me is the funniest shit. Like that's exactly. hilarious." Exactly
0: you know there's the day of the dead in
1: like, uh, mexico
0: in mexico so for the japanese they have this thing. it's obon and or bonadori there's a really good cartoon it didn't get a lot of like recognition but it's called kubo and the two strings and it's actually based in japan and it actually shows a part of bonadori like there's um it's the one day where their ancestors can come from anywhere to to be with the family so from anywhere oh, so okay like, there's dances they do and they play this music and the, the taiko drums and it's supposed to call the relatives in so i actually learned how to do some of the dances i was in an or like a, a a club type thing where we would learn and dance with the local japanese women and it was always the hottest day of the year always and then once that dancing started it was like this it, it was like this wind would occur And I did notice, like, more stuff would happen, happen kind of around then. Like, things would always move in my apartment in Japan. And, like, weird stuff would happen. And so, like, it was, like, whenever I would get upset with my daughter, it's, like, that's when I would get messed with. And uh, Mm. I had a a cousin of mine that passed away. And she was, like, I, I knew my ex was cheating and shit, but I was trying to, like... In the kitchen, I'd be angry baking. I'd be like, I should just let it go. Why am I letting this bother me? And she would be like, no, don't let it go. You know, this is valid. And I had another friend tell me that, um, and I suspected anyway, because I'd hear my daughter talking, and she didn't sleep well. They would come to her to try to have her help them. And
1: uh, Let me ask you, how long were you in Japan?
0: three Three and a half years.
1: Three and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Anything? Anything else as intense as that? Uh, like that night of the reoccurring dream. Um,
0: I want. I want to say it was one of the the Obon nights. Like we had we'd gone back, and there was just again I I couldn't sleep, and it was just it sounded like, like footsteps back and forth. And like someone mm-hmm. trying to get into my bedroom, like the door handle would jiggle and it was um, just hearing things with my daughter. Like I thought and I'd go in and she'd be sound asleep, and, but there would be stuff everywhere. Um, the That's dog, so unnerving. Yeah, the dog would just go super nuts, um, like back and forth. And like he would like he had to go and check, like he had to go in. And there were times where he would just like they didn't always get along, but he would stay in her room and like be on her bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, intense like that. And even then, none of that was, is anywhere near I, I anything that I've experienced at my, my stepdad's house. Like none of that even comes and, close.
1: And that's the one in, uh, Evansville? Evan City. Evan City. Yeah, so from of Japan. The so, oh, so from, you know, the, the, uh, characters, the main characters in that, uh, movie were Johnny and Jessica. That's me and my, uh, baby sister's name.
0: Oh, wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, and we grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, so anytime now, anytime we're waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but uh, so from Japan is that where you go?
0: That is that is where I went. Like I um, I went to be with near family after my mm-hmm. divorce. Um, so <clears throat> there. Oh, <laughs> so to give some background, Evans, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Evans City or Mars, but there's a lot of history there. I've been there, through. Anyway. Revolutionary war wise and stuff. And there's this weird fog that always comes over, like at at my stepdad's house and like parts of Evan City. It's just, and it's every single night there's this weird fog. So that's one thing. So the the house that my stepfather lived in had been an abandoned, had been a barn and it was built Mm. into a house. I forget how he got the land and the house, like he got it through a settlement or something. And he had been a pagan back in the day. He had been to prison he, for killing a man in self-defense. He'd been a heroin addict. So on top of what, pro, we don't know what was there before he moved there. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I didn't meet my stepdad until a year or two after he got together with my mom. Because I was in the Navy. Yeah. And um, so when I first came on leave and just the house, like there was certain room there's this one room that none of us could sleep in um and so the one night I had this dream again like I was going through every room in the house and in the dream I'm on the floor and I'm rocking like this and I'm like in the name of Jesus leave me alone and I woke up and I was actually doing that um my sister actually saw like a bat like thing with red eyes come down like I'm not even I'm telling you it's just I after that I couldn't stay there at night. Like, I you, I could not get out of there fast enough. And even my sister, like, there was just, it, it, whatever it was, like, my one brother, he tried to commit, like, he, would hear, he, like, he heard voices there. He tried mm-hmm. to commit suicide. Um, just, even my daughter, she didn't like to be there. Like, it, it didn't, whatever it was, it seemed like it didn't like women. Okay. Um, yeah, it just, we, the, ah uh, like. Did you ever,
1: got, did you ever see what it
0: was? Like, I saw something similar to what my sister saw and there was, and there was more than one. Like it Tell was. Tell me about that. It was, I was in the, I had come home on last leave, but I was, I had been drinking. <laughs> um, and I was down in the living room again, cause I didn't like to go upstairs. And I figured the living room was the safest, was the safest place. And it was one of those, like I was half asleep, half awake, and it was just something like big and black, and red eyes like leaning over me.
1: And would I you say like a shadow screen? person? Kind of. okay.
0: Kind of uh, and I couldn't scream. like I couldn't get mm. anything out, and uh yeah. Um, and I I stay I had to stay there after I had surgery because about it was, how
1: long was it there though like did you see it well, did you say it was standing over you or
0: yeah it it was standing oh. over me and once it, I was I kind of it I thought it like it it backed off like I could still feel something mm-hmm. but I didn't see it and oh, uh, it wow. yeah it's one of those things where you know like maybe they're under the blanket type thing um, but yeah it just uh oh. Like like I said, none of like none wow. of us liked to to really be there. Um, Did you, you ever I, find out
1: I, any history of the of the location? We no. Okay.
0: I didn't. Um, I my sister and I had talked about it. Like maybe like there's like what is that? There's like, signing up for one of those paranormal things. Our stepdad would have never would have allowed it. He refused to believe it. And then my mom too. Like I don't know how. She didn't like she was just so sick living there, like just how the illnesses that she would have and how she couldn't get better. And so she would go to Wyoming to visit my brother and she would just assume it was the climate that was helping her feel better. But now since my stepdad died, she doesn't live there anymore. And she's just I mean, she's still she has R.A., but she's it's nothing like it was when she lived um, in that house. Is so. the house abandoned
1: now or is it still occupied? It
0: is. It's it's abandoned. Um without my stepdad, it should have been abandoned years ago. There were so many issues with it. Um with my now, stepdad. I ha-
1: I have a real quick question. Does your mother still have like the ownership of the house or is there like access never owned to it? it?
0: It was the it's my stepbrother owns it.
1: Okay. So uh yeah. what I'm uh, what I'm asking at uh would he be interested in someone investigating it potentially?
0: Probably not. Mm no Uh uh-uh. okay which that is, seems like
1: a fun place to explore
0: um yeah yeah <laughs> if you're into that like i said like the creepy fog like never like i said like once it gets dark and like i've been there like i'd visit my mom and it's like they have this the driveway is like three quarters of a mile to a mile long and it's really like it's gravel and there's pits and holes because the comic thing goes right through there and when it floods And so really you should, like, if you don't want to ruin your car, you go five miles an hour to get out of there. But even then, like, it was one of those, like, you had to, like, I had, like, had to control myself. because You had to psych yourself
1: up to drive slow. Like, pull it together, Nicole. You can't freak out. Yeah,
0: and it didn't even, like, it didn't, like, even once you got, you turned onto the road outside, like, you know, you got off the driveway, even then you still didn't feel good until you got to 68. Like, it was Mm. just. Yeah,
1: that's terrifying. Oh, so. well, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing. Anything else uh, you want to get out there?
0: Um, that's about really that's about it. Like, you, that you've was-
1: moved recently from Pittsburgh to where are you now?
0: Uh, I'm in College Park, Maryland. College I, Park, uh,
1: Maryland. Okay. I
0: work at the National Archives. Oh, um, that's
1: cool. Have yeah. you experienced anything since you've been down there?
0: I, I, there's, again, weird things in my apartment that move that aren't where I put them. Okay. Um, yeah, so just stuff like that. Like, I, it's really, really closed here. Um, things are gradually starting to kind of open. Um, so I've never even been to the building where I work because they've been in phase zero. They're finally in phase two for opening. And even then, I won't be allowed to go back until they're in phase three. Well, this so. is
1: pretty corny, but when I asked you if you experienced anything down there, I was hoping you say like something like, uh, "Just the best crab cakes this side of the Mason Dixon line."
0: <laughs> I'm am I'm, I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> oh, so.
1: there, there, we, there
0: we go. <laughs> so,
1: you got anything you want
0: to promote? Uh, I not a lot. I haven't been able to get into um. The, the open mic might stand up again, because things have been closed. The last I heard, there's something, but it's in um, where, somewhere in Virginia, like Northern Virginia, which isn't too far, but it's far enough away that um, I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking, I got to think about it. Uh, a friend of mine and I have been thinking about a podcast, but we're trying to think what we want to do a podcast about. So uh.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's the thing. So I like, I'm not shitting on anybody's podcast cause I'm obviously doing one right here, but like some guys will just get in the room and be like, all right, we're just going to talk for two hours and then call it a day.
0: So Dana Carvey has one, it's called fantastic and it's great. He has a bit where he's Donald Trump that prank call in Joe Biden in the white house.
1: Oh, that's funny. Um,
0: And he has his siblings call in because his Garth character is based off of his one brother, uh, my my brother told me about it. He's like his sister reminds me of you, and I'm like, ah, sarcastic know-it-all. He's like, yeah, and she's got a crazy-ass laugh. <laughs> so. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I'm not. I don't really have much to to promote at the time. Um, like I said, I'm still trying to get into get adjusted. So.
1: All right, that's fair. Well, thank you all for tuning in, Nicole. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, um, thank
0: you for having me.
1: Guys I hope you like the content I've been putting up If you like what you heard or saw here Please like, share, subscribe Anything to help the product Um, You've seen the shirt I got on today We have shirts in the merch store Please give it a look guys Uh, Help support the podcast And until next time Peace and love See ya